Listener Production. Where the sneaky cinnamon scroll you just have to have. Even though you already ate a big breakfast with extra hash browns and three coffees. You'll eat until you explode. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, I'll tell you what, it's easy to get old and cynical, Alex Dyson. Um, <laughs> and over the years, <laughs> I, I have fallen right down you, you don't get basket. less cynical the older you get, do you? Oh, maybe maybe there's a little dip out nah, of the teenage nah. years because teenagers get real cynical. Then you um, go down a little bit and then it's just an ever-increasing up to the end. Well, that's what I thought, right? And then, you know, because I'm talking about uh, the the royal show, you know, the year show. So in Brisbane it's called The Ecker and sadly it got cancelled yesterday um, due to the current outbreak. Second the year running. And, it, and, you know... Hitting my teens, I mean, in primary school, it was the highlight of my year. Let me assure you of that. <laughs> yep. um, then sort of heading into my teens, you'd sort of go maybe with like a group of friends and kind of just like yeah. loiter. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of it just turned into one of those things like, oh, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. Everyone's just going to sit like, why would you bother? Why would you bother? Why would you bother? Yep. Then this year... Two-year-old Sophia, there's a there's no outbreak in Sydney. It was the Royal Easter Show, and we had one of the best days that we've had in a year and a half. Did your cynicism melt like a birdie beetle sitting on the dashboard on a hot day? <laughs> <laughs> it was a hard pill to swallow, much like a small ping-pong ball, and I was a clown. Um, we watched videos of it. <laughs> We watch videos of it. <laughs> yeah. And like still to this day, Sophia loves watching the videos of her when she was at the show on the carousel and stuff. Yeah, so when she when I heard the news yesterday, I felt very sad for all of the people who have put a lot of hard work in setting up an Ecker. And I remember going around the inner city bypass, just past the hospital there, um, the Royal Brisbane Hospital, and when, those days when you were younger, seeing the Ferris wheel had gone up, you thought, oh, oh, oh it's good times <laughs> ahead. So I was very, very sad to hear the news yesterday. Yeah, wishing uh, the the Ferris wheel owners all the best in dismantling the um, the Ferris wheel uh, for this year. But the great news for them is they've got a wonderful all-day breakfast to look forward to here back in Manokine. Oh, I'm sure that's going to... That, our, our podcast and the fact that they won't have to clean up any spew yeah. is probably the only good things about this whole situation. But we do have a cracking podcast. We're going to chat to an old mate of ours. Actually, an old Brisbane girl, Michelle Laurie, yep. um, is going to be joining us. And uh, we get the uh, ink pot and the quill out as uh, we draft the perfect DM to Jojo, um, star of... Aquamarine. Oh, and are we doing that? Yeah, that's happening later today because we, we'd we love to no, have her on the show. I thought that we were just sort of... No, <laughs> no I don't want to actually... We're going to do it and uh, we're going to fire it off. So stick stick with us. It should be a good show. No. Uh, it's all day breakfast with oh your boys. Oh, God. Matt it's Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. First things first though, Matt, did you um get the tape measure out the other night? I didn't. I saw a lot of people doing it. I saw a lot Woods, of people talking on Twitter because we were talking about um, the high jumping yep. that happened um, Sunday night. One of the most impeccable nights of athletic viewing that I've I've had in a very long time. Okay, just perfect. Yep. So many great events. So many great moments. Could not go to sleep halfway through that that night. No chance in heck. But I saw a lot of people getting the getting the tape measure out, going, "Cool." Gee, yeah. it is quite tall. Old Woods, tape measure out, standing on the coffee table, holding the tape measure up above her head, two metres 
37, which these absolute units are jumping over. It was um, pretty massive. Even for me, my dad always said, used to say to me, oh, you should, everyone should be able to jump their heights. And I'm like, well, I didn't think I've ever really? done that. Yeah, dad. He used to do a bit of a Frosby flop back in the He's day. He's almost two metres himself. I mean, 183. 183. Oh, jeez, I can't jump my my belly button. <laughs> can't jump my weight. Um, <laughs> I, um, I uh, yeah, I um, I make the mistake every single year though, and it's 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 encroaching on me now. As it's getting closer and closer, the mm. um, the just start trying to figure out how I can sign up to like an adult little athletics kind of mm. thing whenever the Olympics is on. I always do the yeah. Google. Oh, athletics club near me. Maybe maybe I've still got time. Do they? Do they have big athletics? I suppose they just oh, call it I athletics. Sh- <laughs> well, I remember. Do- yeah. Because <laughs> I know little ass. Re- medium ass, big ass. Oh, I did I did it. I hit the triple jump pit a couple of years ago, actually, just on a Saturday, competing oh, against well, I was like. I going to say, competing against Alex Dyson in the uni games. And I absolutely wiped the floor with you, mate. Oh, you beat me just. I hurt my ankle. And I'll tell you what, my ankle hadn't improved when I went back. My ankle is not getting any better. Um, well, the Venezuelan athlete breaking the world record in the women's triple jump, um, first female gold for that Venezuela. Was that was a incredible. huge 15-plus metres, which was pretty big. But the high jumper very well. Qatar um, sharing the gold with Italy, um, which was really great to see because they were both equal, even with the count back, they were equal. It was like, all right, we're ready, gentlemen. We're ready to go for the, the jump off. Um, they go, oh, do we have to? What's the other option? It's like, well, the other option is you both get a gold medal. And they went... <laughs> We'll take that thanks. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Just a full-blown psychopath just being like, no, no I want it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no, both took the gold, which was huge. But it was so entertaining. The um, uh, Qatari athlete, Mutaz Essa Basham and uh, Gianmarco Temberi from Italy taking out the gold. i tell you what, Mutaz from... Qatar, very entertaining jumper. He had these sick shades on, which you wouldn't be out of left field in a Darude video clip. I'll tell you that much. Oh, but he was... Um, um, mate, he <laughs> gave me um, visions of a young Mako Kine at the supermarket <laughs> yeah, with they those were, wraparounds. He, they were protecting his eyes, that's for that sure. That was it. But um, the bouncing Bashim was killing it. Like the, the spring he had, I didn't think he was ever going to stop no. clearing it. And his glasses would fall off every time, but he'd just love it. And then one of the times they fell off and he just punched them as they came <laughs> off because he'd cleared it again, punched them in celebration, went and picked it up. He'd snapped the, the, the arm off. And so it's like, no worries. What does backs over to his bag, opens it up, Second pair of sunnies on they go. He came, came <laughs> just prepared, the, just like it, like a tennis player with their rackets. So just he was that broke the string. That's it. So he was a character, but Gian Marco Tamberi, he was jumping, and they made a reference to him having his trademark used to be a half beard. And I'm like, what the hell's a half beard? Well, Did you see that. the photos thought, of the half beard? No, because I thought they were like, oh yeah, he used to have a half beard, and I thought they just sort meant of like, like the a, beard you tried to grow was a bit of a half yeah, beard. Exactly, like. <laughs> Sort of half-assed beard. That's yeah. what I thought that no, they no, no, meant. No, 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 no. Google it now because I, I told you don't look at it until the show. So. Gianmarco Tamberi, yep. half beard. Check it out. And then he goes, oh, he was getting too well known for it. <laughs> oh, my God. What? What? Why? It, it's a beard on one half of his face and he cuts it on the other side vertically, okay? so Is there any reasoning behind this? I don't think so. It was just a trademark that he had. 
Well, I'll tell you what, it made him stand out as a lunatic. I don't know why you would, anyone would anyway, be doing that. Gold medal winner, they split the gold, which was big. You ever um, go, go sharesies with someone on something, kind? Well, actually, um, 2012, Melbourne mm. International Comedy Festival, Best Newcomer <gasps> Award. Uh-oh. Right? They're counting the votes. My heart is absolutely pumping. There's four of us in the running. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and then on the night, Cassie Workman um, announces, because Cassie had won the award the year before, mm-hmm. announces on stage the winners. And uh, it was Ronnie Chang. And then they said it's a tie and Matt O'Kine as well. Wait. Couldn't <laughs> believe it. And I tell you what, it didn't take, I mean, to be fair, Ronnie was robbed. He should have won <laughs> it by himself. I crawled back at the last moment. With a couple of good final shows on account back, they couldn't split them. I have no problem with sharing that. That's good. I mean, That's good. sharing and, it's the best. And and Ronnie should as well. No problem sharing his Daily Show fee. I would have thought with you. <laughs> that. What did you? I mean, we've both gone to exactly the same heights. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. Um. You you skipped a couple and then jumped the highest. That was good. Acromarine. We'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> yesterday I shared something with my sister. Took around oh. my elbow brace from my elbow reconstruction because she just dislocated oh, no. her elbow. <laughs> took it around. I, I was looking. I'm like, this is amazing because it is. It's literally. It is a left-handed one. It's. It's just for the left arm. So so lucky that I dislocated the same arm that she did. So I went and took it around. She's like, oh, this is much more comfortable than my sling. Thank you. I'm like, no problem, sis. There you oh, go. <laughs> amazing. Well, let us know if you've shared anything at Matt and Alex. It could be an award. It could be a, a cast. It could be. You know, could your, be a your partner. parents. You were- could be a swinger <laughs> into sharing yeah. partners, which I would genuinely be interested in. How do you how um, do you work that? It could be your parents being uber, you know, stingy and only giving you one Malteser to share between, you know, the three <laughs> brothers or something. You had to share a you Malteser, a nib- that would be rough. <laughs> you all had a nibble each. Let us know what have you shared at Matt Alex. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Well, Alex Dyson, the best of the best have congregated in Tokyo, Japan to show just how skillful they are at professions that they've worked their entire life, skills that they've spent their entire life mastering. Mm. And if, Alex Dyson, there was a big games for the world's best shock jocks that say it like it is, I reckon our next performer would be the bloody Emma McEwen of it. Yeah. No, most successful of all time. Rant Dog is here. Um, that is when I, Alex Dyson, decide to uh, really speak some some harsh truths that most other pundits shy away from. And I reckon, and that this is all, you know, creating controversy, it gets the engagement, it boosts the ratings. Okay, and I reckon there's going to be a bunch of people out there this week looking for a shock jock to call their own because old mate Sky News banned from YouTube for a week because <laughs> oh. for spreading medical you, misinformation. They, they let a lot of stuff fly on YouTube. <laughs> they do not mind <laughs> uploading a vid to that particular platform. And so I reckon there's going to be quite a few lost people out there searching for someone who um, <laughs> tells it, so truthfully that I reckon YouTube's going to be putting them up in the uh, the non-fiction section of that well, website. Just like the ducks in my local pond, okay? I haven't had any oats thrown to them by uh, 
people for quite a while. You know, that's their usual no, 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 no dropped breadcrumbs to uh, scavenge. Mm. So they just uh, start biting your leg. A- you one yeah. giant <laughs> massive crumb. <laughs> Becky. <laughs> That swan really did peck my knee. <laughs> anyway, you wonder why. Anyway, about the big swan that pecked me. Anyways, the people will be will be co- will be coming for Alex Dyson to feed them, yep. to drop them some little anger crumbs. But in order for me to um, start spouting out some loaves, I do need you to give me one little bit of yeast, which will help get a rise out of me. And um, Jacinta. <laughs> <laughs> Jacinta has got in touch on Instagram, Matt and Alex, uh, with this very intriguing voice message. Hey guys, I've got a bone to pick with people who speak on their phone in public and have it on speaker. I just don't get it. Why do you do it? Get headphones. No one cares about your conversation. Please go forth, rant dog. Oh, I'll go Ooh. forth. All right. We know because what Matt, talking about, don't we? In Australia, uh, some of the most famous rants happen in a very green room, all right, surrounded by 150 of the absolute worst in society for the most part. Some well-meaning people, but it's a a rabble in the House of Representatives is what I'm going to say. Oh. It's an absolute rabble. But every now and again, a particular orator stands up and goes on a rant that goes viral. And I feel Jacinta's issue is ripe for Rant Dog to start talking like someone in the House of Reps today. And do you know why? Why? Because I need to say, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, can you please turn off your speaker? Thank you. If I wanted to listen in on your conversation, I'd go and get myself a pair of binoculars and ask my Russian friends to go and bug your hotel room. Other than that, please put it up to your ear. Thank you very much. And that goes for other people with massive speakers. I'm talking to you, Yui Booms, down the beach, all right? I don't want your LMFAO party rock anthem pumping out while I'm trying to relax with the sound of some waves and I got Red Foo yelling out if I think he's sexy, no, I don't, Red Foo. <laughs> I literally spat all over your face on this screen. I'm so sorry. Do you, do you, I think that anyone who's on a phone should be going to the University of Taxi Driver Etiquette. Oh. All right? That- <laughs> Mumbling into your shoulder <laughs> is the only acceptable way to be talking to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. and Madam Speaker, I rest my case. Thank you. Wow. Well, the, the phone lines have lit up. Sky News, uh, they're looking me for on you. PM, Sky News. <laughs> You're too scared. There is a 7 p.m. time slot that just begging for your input. Well, thank you very much, <clears throat> uh, A. Dyson. And that's why we don't even have a phone line for this show. No. Um, because we dare not let anyone disturb the people around them. I'm just going to wipe this uh, up. So it's pretty gross. That's <laughs> <laughs> really disgusting. I'm really sorry. So <laughs> please uh, get in touch. Chat about Don and Don Alex. If you've got anything that you want the legendary rant dog to sink his teeth into. Now. Oh, he's got a glint when he's out. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's really gross. Sorry. <laughs> Matt, at Matt, Don and Don Alex. Order up.
Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Matt O'Kine, as a teenager growing up, I used to watch a lot of Gil Grissom solving crimes in CSI. And, you know, that, of course, expanded to, um, I think it was David Caruso, um, Gary Sinise, and, uh, and all sorts of this big canon. So imagine my surprise when we see that a book is coming out called CSI Told You Lies. It's by the incredible author, comedian, podcaster, Michelle Laurie, and we're happy enough to have her on the uh, Zoom with us right now. G'day, Michelle. Hi, I'm incredible. How are you? <laughs> That's good. I'm very, very well. A little bit I'm... dismayed that um, CSI, the television shows, were not as accurate as potentially they made <sighs> themselves out to be because in, in the moment they looked very scientific, Michelle. Oh, Alex, you are part of the problem, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to get be, be part of the solution, buddy. It's time for you to get on the right side of history and be part of the solution because there's a thing. Have you ever heard of the CSI effect? No. No. Oh, That's actually, you. is this up on juries? Yes. Yeah, I have heard about this. Oh, yeah. well, what is Match. it? Tell me. This is so fascinating. I'd never heard of this until I started meeting and knowing uh, forensic pathologists, as you do if you're into true crime, you do a true crime podcast. And whenever you chat with these people, inevitably at some point in the conversation, they go, ha, not like CSI, is it? And you go, no, I guess, not, I guess. So it's like a cop would say, Blue Heel is not much like being a country cop in Australia. Yep. Exactly like that. They hate this frigging show. And I'm always like, who cares, guys? Like, actually, who cares? Wait, it sounds accurate. So you're telling me they don't say things like this? I don't know. He's missing from the scene. Maybe he took off. Or maybe he got taken for a ride. So they exactly. say incredible puns leading into a murder? They never wear leather jackets while they're working. And they don't even have affairs, like, on the side oh, of on. the silver come tables while they're doing autopsies. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> sucks so, what, I mean, you, you went inside one of these uh, forensic medicine and science institutes, the Victorian Institute of Forensic Medicine. Yes. Um, and you must have seen what actually happened. So tell us from start. Well, actually, no, first, tell us what is the CSI effect? Okay, the CSI effect is people like me, I guess, or people who are into true crime or into crime, you know, into these shows as well. We think we know so much about forensics that if we get called up on jury duty and a real forensics expert gives evidence, we might say to ourselves, I don't reckon. <laughs> and oh, <laughs> we no. might make up our own mind <laughs> about the evidence. I mean, it's yeah. funny because uh, it's funny because people do that in sports, yes. where the armchair expert goes, "I would have shot it into the top right corner yeah. of the goal," yeah, you know, avoiding all the players. But um, but you know, people's lives aren't riding on that, right? And so because. CSI has so much stuff that can't actually be done, like about 40% of the procedures they had on that show don't exist for a start. Right, so they literally made up, like, inventions that can't give you those answers. Totally. As a bit of an example of, oh, we do have some things that are really cool and do this, but we can't use them every single time or the show gets boring, so let's invent technologies that don't exist. And the most famous one is this idea of the time of death, like... They, no one can figure that out. No one can go, oh, we'll see that dot on his knee. That means he died at 11 o'clock last night. No, no, <laughs> no one can work that out. You're kidding. No, I'm not. Isn't that disappointing? But they always say, I, I listen to so many podcasts, oh. crime podcasts, and they always come back with a report that says the 
um, victim, you know, died at. Yeah. 6.03 or something. Can they estimate? Six hour window at right. best. <laughs> right. So they're sort of like Australia Post in that in that regard. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Telstra's coming. Yeah. Sometime between you know six a.m. and lunchtime, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So what they're so what they're saying is that that I'm they're like I'm sitting there in front of a jury and I go oh, I don't know I reckon he died sometime between when Telstra reckoned they were going to be there between yeah. lunchtime and dinner time. And the and the jury's like, oh, this guy's crap at his job. He can't even figure out what time she died. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to listen to anything he says then, because I've seen on CSI how they can actually do that. So they've got to get a better guy. Mm. He can't oh even read the maggots. Gosh. This guy. This and guy doesn't even know how to read the maggots. And he's, he's not even, <laughs> And they're not even as hot as the person who oh. was on TV as well. Oh god! So exactly. How can I trust trust this uh, non hunk yeah. giving me information? That's why they hate this show, right? But they, they seem like absolute characters, though. You know, obviously getting to that they line are. of work, you're so intelligent. You've you'd have a you'd have to develop some sort of characteristics that would make you a really uh, interesting person to talk to. You can tell us about a few yeah. of these people you met, you met whilst uh, creating CSI Told You Lies. Well, they are interesting people, and the other thing is that people who last a long time in the job tend to have. Well, they have to have a coping mechanism. They have to have a way that they unwind. And so, like one guy, it's the tango. The way that he copes is he is a tango freak outside of work. Wow. Like during the day, it is straight postmortems. And then after five o'clock, <laughs> there's tango. Goodness all night gracious. On. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and so, I mean, what is it actually like then when, when you go into one of these places and see? You know, are there bodies that are lying out? Are they taking samples? What 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 are the discussions like from sort of woe to go? There's not body. I wouldn't say bodies are lying out, Matt. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say. <laughs> I'm not tripping over them. You know, uh, who left that there? Jesus. Uh, no, I wouldn't say they're lying out and about. Um, but yes, there's 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 yes, I have seen them. And when I first started going there, they were so careful. You know, they're like mm -hmm. putting up petitions. They'd go, "Oh, she's coming! Quick, have you?" And someone would run ahead and they'd make sure a door was shut and there's a petition out and they'd guide me around. And But the longer I was around, the more they were like, nah, she's, she's seen them. She saw them. She saw them. Don't worry about it. She's seen it. Sure. So they got a bit used to it. Not, and I didn't see anything particularly graphic. but So what's your coping mechanism being around this true crime and obviously some horrific things and incidents and some that can be really, you know, dark and angry and some that could be just super sad? Well, how, do you, how do you deal with it, Michelle? I've seemed to have the temperament that it doesn't um, it doesn't affect me too badly most of the time. And interestingly, the only time when I was writing the book and doing the interviews, the only time I did get queasy was when uh, Professor Stephen Cordner, who's the most beautiful guy, he's the elder statesman of the of the piece. Well, before you go started, into it, we'll do what we do on Matt and Ali's Saturday breakfast, and that's give a squirmy warning. It gives you the yep. squirmies potentially, uh, just in case. I'll give no, the people the, a heads up for squirmies ahead. Sure. Yep. We ready? <laughs> yeah, we're ready. <laughs> okay. He was telling me that back when he started uh, in the seventies, and he was working in London, and he said, "Oh God, everybody, everybody had tuberculosis. We all got tuberculosis from um, from autopsies." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He said, "Oh, we just weren't as sort of tidy 
as we are now. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> oh, man. This may be what <laughs> Matt was talking about earlier on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my god. And then he started talking about c- cutting into tuberculous lesions and how they sort of click. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. oh I got to go. I got to go now. <laughs> That's it. Only time, weirdly. So, Michelle, I mean, having done more and more research into this world, mm. you know, and probably I'm assuming starting off as an armchair fan, much like myself. Of tuberculous um, lesions then, you know, mainly. That was what <laughs> I was really a massive fan but, of. But going to the point where you are now, you know, I guess becoming a part of the, the world of forensic medicine and meeting the people and seeing victims of the crimes and stuff, is there a weird disconnect that you feel like society has, especially with their obsession with crime in an entertainment setting, with the actual impact that these things have on family and I think the people around victims? Actually, honestly, I think it's getting better. I do think that uh, increasingly there's been a real tipping point in true crime, a real awakening in terms of the way it's dealt with and the ethics around it. You know, in the past, it's been so much about offenders and about like giving them cool nicknames and Mm. focusing on the story of the offender and at the expense of victims and victims' families. And now there's such a focus on the dignity and the rights of the victim and the victims' families and who the story belongs to and getting permission around telling stories and the purpose behind telling stories. So, you know, I always talk about, and I talk about it in this book, this book called The Five by um, Hallie Rubenhold, which is a book about the five victims of Jack the Ripper. And it's just, to me, it's the spearhead of this zeitgeist of talking about, she's saying, we don't even know who Jack the Ripper was. And yet it's this, the biggest crime story ever. There's still a multi-billion dollar industry around this case and the five victims are still described as drunk prostitutes. And that's how they were described mm. at the time. No one ever bothered to go into who they were, who their families were, mm-hmm. how they came to be in this place in this time. And so she went and she she investigated that and she researched that. And it was really difficult, but she did it. And she tells their five stories. Honestly, Matt, I think it's I think it's improving and it's improved a lot. You also you also have a, a connection to this true crime world through your own personal experience. Oh, you mean the Peter Dupas scenario? Yeah. Yeah, well, I was working as a brothel receptionist and at the time I felt very tough because I'm 26 and but I felt like I was in charge of the safety of of, of all of these women. Um, which is a pretty strange situation to be in and it's a lot of responsibility and I had to convince myself that I was tough every night because otherwise how would you do that every night and and face down people? But I I guess I thought it was a very dangerous situation but then then we met this woman called Nikki who was a a counsellor who came to meet the the women, the girls and I, and offer us her counselling services and we all liked her very much. And she gave us all her card with her phone number on it and uh, told us that she was starting her own practice from home the following Monday. And um, when the girls started to ring her, she she never called them back. And they were complaining to me that she didn't call them back. And I said, well, she's busy. I guess she's starting her own business. And she she was actually murdered by her first patient, the first patient that came to visit her at home. And that was Peter Dupas, who 
is a serial killer who um, we didn't know any of that at the time. We found mm-hmm. out later that she'd been murdered. But it was interesting looking back that, you know, you find, you discover later that um, predators like that don't, aren't as obvious as coming to brothels, you know. I thought I was so brave staring down these marauding packs of real estate agents at two in the morning at a brothel, but actually, you know, who are very noisy <laughs> and all that. But actually this is this really quiet man who set about stalking women who are by themselves. It's very calculating and, and, and evil. It's really evil, isn't it? Yeah, he's not coming to a brothel that's full of tough chicks like us who are ready, you know? <laughs> yeah, Michelle, that's that's such a full-on story and it's it's one of the things that you you do talk about and touch on with uh, CSI Told You Lies as well as the Australian True Crime Podcast, uh, which is incredible as well. Check out Michelle's work. Uh, and even if you if this isn't your bag, you've got the book on Buddhism as well, which is... Um, I have a number of I books love, on Buddhism, I love yes. that you can um, yeah, cover all bases there, Michelle. It's brilliant. Well, they all buy into each other in my mind. Yeah. I don't know if they do in everybody else's, but they all come together for me. The book comes out tomorrow. We appreciate you so much joining us on All Day Breakfast, Michelle Laurie, and we'll chat to you next time. Thank you. Take care out there. Now, Matt, the hour cometh into which we try and right a wrong, really, that has has happened in the past. Uh, In your acting days uh, as a upstart out of Queensland, um, you landed some pretty good roles, one of which was in the incredible film Aquamarine. And I know that because I saw an IMDb, it's doing all right. I haven't actually watched it. Uh, sorry. What? Wait, <laughs> this whole time? We've, how long have we known each other? Seven years now? Yeah, I haven't together? watched it. No, sorry. You've never watched Aquamarine? What's it on? Which, which streaming service? It was on Foxtel quite a lot, actually. <laughs> I've, 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 I've seen it pop up and I'll tell you what, every time it comes on, it's like Grease. It's like Willy Wonka. Okay? <laughs> Does if it it's age? on, I'm flicking. <laughs> And I'm not flicking off because it is captivating. Well, in that, uh, a particular uh, musician slash actor, uh, Jojo was in it, and um, Matt O'Kine for some reason one day was unsure if he was required on set and decided instead of texting the uh, producer of the film, um, the screenwriter, even the best boy, he decided to call the actor, Jojo, uh, who was the lead in the show, to ask him... (laughs) Matt was required on set. Now, whether that was the uh, one and only reason he was messaging JoJo, we don't know. I wanted to be in the cool group, okay? There was a cool group of actors. I was kind of like, hey, I'm one of the cast. Mm. I'm one of the cast. Yeah, you're all actors. I mean, sure, one has a lot more lines than the other, (laughs) (laughs) uh, than than your one. But um, it, it did happen. We wanted to get on the show to sort of explain the situation, have a little bit of a laugh. We've all grown up. We've all matured. No harm, no foul. Problem is, um, quite difficult to get a hold of old, old Jojo because you've got new music coming out. I think we're in the mix for those kind of things, but obviously you get so many requests that um, it's quite difficult to um, to sort the uh, the wheat from the chaff. And I was scrolling just on Instagram the other day and um, Jojo had posted something and I thought, you know, and I get inspired sometimes to mm. do a DM slide. Mm. Sometimes I get ahead of myself, you know, <laughs> and sometimes I get left on on red. I'll yeah. tell you that much. Yeah, it hurts a little bit, but we wanted to ensure that that didn't happen this time. And so in order to try and, you know, potentially get Jojo on the show, we thought that we would follow those instincts, Matt, and do a well thought through, considered 
DM slide, which is much better than, you know, it's late on a Saturday and uh, the moment the euphoria hits and you start setting the 2am ones. So we thought... Well, I mean, this is one of the things that I need. I need within the message. Okay, I've thought about this. <laughs> okay, because we're going to send, we're about to send a DM to Jojo. We're going to talk it through <laughs> and we're going to well, hit send to finish this episode. Okay, so it, stick with it, us for this. <laughs> it needs to make, we need to make sure that there is not even a whiff of any sort of sexual connotation no. to this, okay? Jojo cannot get the sense that you are a, a mangy junkyard mutt sniffing <laughs> around the bins, <laughs> all right? Okay. This needs to be a professional, very professional platonic message. But it can't be too professional because then it's too easy to go, this is like probably not even written by this person. You know, they're just trying to get me for some work thing. What do they want from me? Mm. You know, so it's kind of you've got to kind of show that you have something to offer the exactly. other person as well. Now, we were wondering, we're going to write it now. Um, what's the best way to start it? Um, producer Bron had a good suggestion. What, are you, what did you say before, Bron? I think just anything but the hey stranger <laughs> is... <laughs> Is probably the best way to go. Oh, hey, hey stranger. stranger, winky face. Oh. <laughs> I've got to make sure that I've mentioned that I, or somehow allude to the fact that I also have a partner and child. Like I'm, like I'm like, but I don't want to say like. Also, I have a partner and child, so this is not a weird. This is not. Yeah, you got to slip it in real cash. So like, you? so maybe what mm. could I do something like? Uh, uh, is it too much to be like? Hey, was literally just listening to. To get out the other day, oh yeah, well, yeah reason you know, for her to be on your mind. My two-year-old's getting sure. into music. Yeah, um, we were playing some. I was playing some songs. Yeah, and, and get children out was on, enjoy your true. music. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Just well, go and I say mean, to it that it's all a that two-year-old it's a child success. would like that song. <laughs> I mean, I to be honest, I waxed that song so much mm. back in the day, and st- and still enjoy a bop to it when it when it comes on now. So. What about but then is that like, one of those things where I mentioned her, you know, her biggest hit, and then she just rolls her eyes and goes, "Eh." What about my partner doesn't believe that we were in the same movie together? Bron, mm, I think we you, need a girl's slipping, opinion on this. You're Bron, slipping in the please. partner. You're slipping in how you know them. You're an actor with the same Aquamarine film. Well, what about what about what about if, what if I say my partner and I watched Aquamarine the other day? It came on. Mm. My daughter's two. I can't wait for her to see mm. it. Um, or to be able to old enough to watch it all. Um, but then how do I, what, what do I, like I'm not going to open with that. Should I? Bron, help me, please. I'm dying <laughs> yeah, here, Bron, These are just, this is two chumps <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> revealing their chumpness <laughs> live on radio. I haven't done the DM slide. I don't know if I'm the best. Okay. To... What if I just well, say. Well, you celebrated an anniversary with your partner recently. So it's been, and I saw how long it had been. It's been a long time since you've been slipping and sliding around. <laughs> Before we, I mean, the other thing is, do I use JoJo or do I do I say Joanne? Because JoJo's name is Joanna. Is that a real name, Joanne? Yeah, so I I could say Joanna. Hey, Joanna. That's good casualness. Hey, Joanna. This might be a bit out of the blue. We actually worked together on a film. Good on a film a, a while ago called Aquamarine. I played a character called Nick. I literally had one line. Ha ha, or should I say ha ha ha, or how many ha's? Uh, Do you want to bring up the fact that you only had one line? Only had one line. Well, Um, I don't want her to think, if I say, oh, I was Nick, and she's like, I don't remember anything. (laughs) She'll be like, this guy's guy's absolutely joking. Send her your IMDb. (laughs) 
<laughs> Here's a screenshot of us in case you don't remember. Would you want to jump on my podcast and reminisce about it? We have, how many listens have we had now since we started? Over four, five million, five four million, million, five million listens. We've had about five million listeners over the course up, of, the, sure, of our show. <laughs> <laughs> While we're doing it, I mean, there's, it's, yeah. five is close to I'm, ten, right? Like that's pretty yeah. close. So, would love to reminisce about Aquamarine with you. Uh, it would be so great to have you on to talk about some of the new music you've got coming up. Good, good. Because um, I'm so. <laughs> is it too much to say I'm so impressed by how? Uh, no, just leave it. No, no, no. no. Recently, or is that about too- your new music as well as reminisce about the time shooting in Australia? Yep. Great. Okay. Ha <laughs> um, Okay. Well, now here we we're go. cooking. Here we go. How do I end it? How do I end it? Do I say like <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I always do the like, I always do the all good if not. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's like admitting defeat from the beginning. It's like hey, please hey, mate, ignore this message. Bye bye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all the best and congrats on the new music. Yes. Love Matt. You could go, Lobster B's going off right now <laughs> at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. No, you could say or let us know an email of someone if you want to organise it through those channels or something like that. Great. Yeah, yeah, okay. An option that she doesn't have to have any involvement, any further involvement. Okay. Sure. Two, she's got 2.1 million followers, man. This is going to be... Whoa, okay. Okay, look, I'm just going to hit send. You can't, you can't plan too much of it. Here we go. And... Well, it hasn't said seen yet, so uh, we'll just have to sit and wait. <laughs> All right, well, in that case, we sit in wait uh, for Jojo to get back to Madokine on the DM slide. He mentioned the partner. He went in a proper channel's way. He reminisced about not only Aquamarine, but talked about new music. I, don't, I reckon this is one of, the, one of the purest slides that the country has ever seen. Look, it's all. I, I, I want to help JoJo spread the word about her music. That's the thing. Mm. So that is a hotter slide crossed. than a metal slide in the sun, which can really get <laughs> the old <laughs> than a luge in Sochi. Oh, that's, that's a, a cold that's slide. A real cold isn't it? <laughs> hey, mate, that slide was <laughs> oh, ice whatever. cold. Anyways, look, okay, I'm... but I think our words we've used them all up today. So we're, we're going to go back. We're going to refresh. I'm going to hit you with a bunch more of them tomorrow as part of this uh, on-demand breakfast show we like to call All Day Breakfast. Bye-bye. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Come on, man. we got to go. The beach house is going off. Listener.